everyone. Welcome to the Doctors Running podcast, where we, a group of doctors of physical therapy, talk about the art and the science of the things that we are putting on our feet. Today, it is in 110 episodes, our first solo episode where I, Matt Klein, the founder of Doctors Running, I'm going to be talking to you about things that new runners should be aware of as they check out both in-person and online running stores. Why do we bring this up? So a little history behind this website and myself. I started many, many years ago as a new runner, long time ago, trying to understand the things that I was putting on my feet. I have very sensitive feet. I am very curious and ask a lot of questions. So I want to know what exactly was happening. I had a ton of injuries when I started running, despite the fact that I had been running for on and off for some time and then really got into things and just couldn't stave off injuries. I joined cross country finally my senior year of high school and continued to have injuries and figured there has to be something contributing to this. And my first instinct was to look at what kind of things I was putting on my feet. Retrospectively, what should have I should have also paid attention to but didn't know at the time was strength, mechanics, and things like that. But that was long before physical therapy school. So I began to look at what kind of things that were out there for running shoes, the difference between racing shoes and training shoes. And at that time, I was either very oblivious or really there wasn't a lot of resources for explaining that stuff. People, I don't know, there weren't as many options. People weren't geeking out as much during that time. A lot of these shoe review websites didn't exist either. That was kind of a thing that was just coming into play. And most reviews that you were going to see were coming from running times and running world, runner's world, I'm sorry. And this just wasn't a lot of information. So what I decided to do was I started checking out local running stores and I was ordering stuff from online. I definitely borderline abused a lot of shipping privileges of getting the free two-day shipping and then free return shipping for a variety of websites. And in the process, got to try a lot of things and figure out stuff that did and didn't work for me. In the process, it became so extensive, I figured I might as well go work for a running store because I was in college and I was looking to get a job during the summer so and winter. So I went to go work at FitRight Northwest in Portland and eventually Foot Traffic, also in Portland. And it was very fortunate that Rob and Dave and many others took me under their wing at these stores and were nice enough to educate me and let me experiment, see what worked for myself and others. And it was through that process I learned how things, how variable things could be and where a shoe could work for you for a little bit and then things might change and then something else would work. And that's okay. But that became that came through a process of testing things and learning my own body, which many people don't always take the time to do. And that also takes time. So the hope of this episode is to guide you through some of the things that you can benefit going to a local running store online and how to navigate what can often be a really, really confusing and overwhelming amount of information. So based on this, our subjective question for today that I really want you to think about is what is something you wish you knew about running shoes earlier in your career or in in running that it took you a long time to figure out. Something I think about all the time going, why, why didn't I know this? And that's actually why this website exists is because I wanted to share that with others. So they hopefully didn't have to go as crazy through a craziest journey as I did, right? You learn something, you want to make the next generation's path a little easier. 
Our sponsor for this episode is Running Warehouse, who both have a extensive online store and they have an in-person store, which I would highly suggest you go check out. I have not gotten to go see it in person, but it's definitely on the bucket list. Probably as my wife and I eventually move up to Oregon, we'll probably put that on our list of places to visit on our drive up the coast um, to get a little bit more scenic route. Running Warehouse is actually one of the places I found, along with some other websites, where I was able to try things thanks to their free two-day shipping and free return shipping without much concern you know it's you can't not everyone has access to local running stores if you if you do you should really go check it out and i'll this episode again will be about how to go check that out in an optimal way that will benefit you but that isn't always possible and sometimes you know running warehouse is great but they have a lot of options and that can be a little overwhelming fortunately like I said, this guide is hopefully going to help you kind of look at a couple things and be able to try a couple things, which I would encourage you to do because you can, you can ship it back, right? It's not working. Ship it right back. They have a great 90-day return policy, so I would encourage you, if you don't have access to a local running store, running warehouse may be a great option to take a look at. Now, the, the things I want you to first be aware of as a new runner is that there is a lot to learn. There's a ton to learn. You're, when you're starting out, this is also one of the highest times for injuries because one of the most the biggest mistakes that people will make is they will do too much too soon. I'm going to repeat that one more time. One of the biggest risk factors for injury as a new runner is doing too much too soon. Naming off a couple injuries that are very common for newer runners, patellar tendonitis, right? So that anterior knee pain, shin splints, which really can be a variety of things. It can be irritation of the anterior tibialis muscle because you're landing so hard, you're not used to shock absorbing. It can be a little irritation of the bone. It can be the posterior tibia. It can be the soleus. Depends on it. A lot of muscles, they're getting used to the forces associated with landing as well as with pushing off. And what people don't realize is that running is a high impact activity. It doesn't mean it's bad. It means that you got to get strong to be able to run. So while you're starting to run, Give your body time to adapt to it. And that means not going out and doing a billion miles all at once. That means you're going to be sore initially. Expect that. Things are going to ache as your body gets used to those impacts. That, that's normal. Don't freak out. Soreness is normal. If it's starting to become pain, that can be a little different. But you really need to make sure that your nutrition, your rest and recovery are really on point when you're getting into this. And cross-training can also be a really great option. Strength training is something I would highly encourage you to do as a new runner because oftentimes your tissue isn't hasn't built up the tolerance a lot of these load, and strength training can really help build that up. But the same thing with running. Make sure you don't overdo that, and you balance things and take your time. Fitness, speed, all that stuff takes time, and the more patient you are with building it up, the longer you're going to enjoy this and reduce your injury risk. So just again to clarify, take your time with getting into running. It can also help to do some strength training a bit, get into it. And a great resource to help you with this are running stores, right? You can, Oftentimes, online running stores will have some resources, but sometimes some of the best stuff is a local running store that you can go to in person and talk to someone, talk to someone about getting fit for shoes, because you also notice there's a lot of information out there on the internet. It can be very confusing because there's a lot of conflicting stuff. You should get this one. You need this heel drop. You need this amount of width. You need this super foam. That can be very overwhelming. I acknowledge that. I really hope that we don't contribute to that. We hope try to keep it a little bit more simple, and I'm going to try to keep it simple on this. 
but running stores where you can go see someone in person can be really helpful to go to. Why is that? Because usually they'll have really knowledgeable employees that can guide you through the process of going, hey, how do I figure out a training plan that works for me? How can I figure out running shoes that work for me? The other benefit is they can often have group runs, which can improve your motivation. Running has, there's some good research on running actually improving people's social components of their lives and it playing a very important part in mental health for a variety of reasons. And certain people, the social aspect can be very, very helpful. So group runs are very common at running stores, another good reason to check them out. When it comes to running shoes and gear, when you start out, simple is better. I prided myself on working for running stores that I didn't have to get paid by commission. What that means is I didn't get, I I got paid hourly rate no matter how much stuff I sold. And I was happy that that was encouraged because yeah, we had gear we needed to move. It was a business, but at the same time, the goal was to form a relationship with the customers. If you want somebody to come back, you're not going to sell them a thousand dollars worth of unnecessary gear. You're going to go, Hey, I really want to help you because I want you to like running. So let's ease you into this. So simple is better. I am going to talk about some things that are considered warnings at running stores. If you see, and I'll I'll put this out there because there are great stores and there are stores that, you know, you got to be a little cautious of. And one of the biggest cautions I would, I would remind you of is if somebody's trying to over sell you something, then you should be a little careful. That's why I'm saying less is more when you start out. And that's applies to multiple factors, whether it's the kind of shoe you're getting, whether it's the amount of gear you need, it's kind of all that, That's whether it's talking about how the shoe fits for you, simple is going to be better. And I'm really going to encourage you that just start with a pair of shoes, maybe a pair of socks, okay? Shoes are going to be the, like, it's really the most important piece of running gear that you have. Yeah, you can get short shirts, all that stuff later, hydration stuff. Get that later, okay? Just figure out if you even like running or get used to it. Just the shoes to start out with, okay? I'm going to encourage you to not buy an orthotic. Those are the additional pieces that the, the, you know, you'll see the most common one is like Dr. Scholl's or Superfeet. Certain people can benefit from them, but not very many. And I know I'm going to get a really hard time for saying that. So for the most part, you should find a shoe that's comfortable that doesn't need any add-ons. And again, an orthotic is usually an extra insole or a stiffer insole that you place into a shoe that replaces the factory-made insole. Problem with that is that most of these factory insoles are actually how the shoe is designed. If you put an external device in there, it can change the shoe's function and make things a lot more complicated than they need to be. So again, I'm going to encourage you just get the shoe. Don't get any add-ons. If somebody's trying to give you an add-on, say, no, thank you. I just want to stick with the shoe. The other thing about orthotics is there's they, some people might say, hey, you need support. If you need like arch support in the shoe, get a shoe that has that. There are specific shoes that have arch support. Again, keep it simple and just, just focus on the shoe. The next piece of advice I really encourage you is if you're going to go to a running store, make sure you're not in a rush because you need to take time to figure out what feels good. This is a learning opportunity. Understanding what works for your body isn't just about, hey, this is a great color. This feels great immediately. Boom, I'm done. This is the one shoe I need the rest of my life. It doesn't work like that for multiple reasons. One, your body is going to change over time. 
that's just how the body works, right? Whether you are aging, whether you're female and you get pregnant, right? Whether something, you know, all kinds of things can happen. The body changes with time. And as I, I tell some of my patients, change is the only constant in life. It's a learning opportunity to figure out what works for you. And I can almost guarantee you that one single shoe isn't going to work all the time. You might find that certain categories of shoes might work. But you need to figure out kind of what your body likes and dislikes. And when you're in a running store for the first time, that can be really overwhelming. So take your time to try a shoe on, try a couple shoes on, don't just do one. And remember that the running store employee is there to help you along with this journey. So don't be afraid to ask questions. There's no such thing as a dumb question because you haven't done this before. The employee should also be asking you questions. They should be asking you about, What's your history in terms of activity level? Have you run before? Have you taken a hiatus? Is this your first time? Have you done any other sports? Are you brand new to this? That might help them figure out what kind of shoe you might benefit from, especially at an early time. They should also be asking, why are you interested in running? That's another thing to ask yourself. What are you doing this for? Are you doing it because you want to race? Are you getting more serious? Do you just want to get out there for activity, weight loss, what have you? That can also tie into what your goals are, which might also help you figure out what kind of shoe you might want. And then also, if you've run in the past and you know there are certain shoe types that have worked for you, that's a good thing. To, that's a great place to start. They might work now. They might not. But that's okay. You got to have a really good place to start. And speaking of starting, as many factors as there are in shoes, and things get really complicated now, like I mentioned earlier, People are going, we have all these different foams, we have plates, we have stability levels, we have stable neutral, we have high stability of neutral, we have different uppers, we have all... Stop. Comfort is key starting out. In fact, there's actually some really great research that suggests that comfort is actually one of the most predictive factors of whether a shoe is going to work for you or not. Some other maybe variables in there. But I'm really going to encourage you to keep it simple. When you put a shoe on at the running store, or if you're testing this at home, there's a couple variables you might want to think about that go into comfort based on what's called the RunCat, which is the running comfort assessment tool that was developed by a really brilliant group of individuals in Australia and is very well validated, which is great. But how comfortable the shoe is, is going to be really important. Now, people often ask, what do you mean by comfort? There's five things based on this scale that may be beneficial to you. So I'm going to use a foot models for those listening. No, you can't see this. Those watching on YouTube or whatever uh, video channel, you'll know what I'm talking about. So I'm holding up a foot structure. There's five different things you should think about in relation to shoe comfort. So cushioning, what does that mean? Cushioning means how soft or firm the shoe feels underneath your foot. There is no perfect amount some people like really soft shoes. Some people like really firm shoes. There's no wrong answer. You got to figure out what feels good. And that means taking the time to jog around the store or do whatever activity you plan to do in these shoes and test it out and go, does this feel good? Does this not? That doesn't happen immediately. Some people it can. Most people it doesn't. The, the two areas to look at cushioning is the heel or the back of the foot and the forefoot or the front of the foot. Those are the two areas that have been validated to suggest that these factors play a really important role in shoe comfort. So that means you shouldn't have a shoe that's too soft or too firm. There's no such thing as a perfect level. As I said, each person's going to be different. So you're going to figure out where those two spots, how do they feel? Land on your heel, land on your toes, see how that feels, roll through there, see how those two areas feel. 
The third thing that you're going to want to pay attention to is shoe stability. What does stability mean? It means, is your foot kept on the platform, right? Are you rolling off, which would be an unstable shoe? Or do you feel like you're going to like roll your ankle? Or on the other end, is the shoe too rigid? Does it feel like you're running on a, like a block of wood or a brick? If it's too rigid or too loose or too unstable, that's probably not going to work for you. You want to find something that's just right that you can feel confident landing in, rolling through, and feeling good. The fourth thing you should think about is forefoot flexibility. So again, the forefoot is the front of the shoe. That refers to how smooth does it feel as you toe off and roll off your toes. It shouldn't feel too loose. You shouldn't feel like you're straining your toes, but it also shouldn't feel, again, that brick analogy, like you're trying to toe off a brick. It should feel smooth and very natural. That's going to be different for different people. Some people are going to like a super flexible shoe. Some people are going to like a, like a stiff plated rocker shoe. It's going to depend on the person. Part Again, this is part of the exploration of going, what's going to work for you? The, the fifth thing, which kind of doesn't goes back to the original concept, is overall comfort. How good does the fit feel? How does it feel on your foot? Does it feel like anything is pre- giving you odd pressure? Does it feel like there's anything rubbing in, in, in bad areas? Because if you're getting some rubbing now, just putting it on, that's probably not going to feel good a couple miles in. So again, heel cushioning, forefoot cushioning, shoe stability, forefoot flexibility, and overall comfort, especially I would encourage you to think about the upper, how that's sitting on your foot, are kind of the five factors you should pay attention to in terms of finding a shoe that's comfortable for you. And I would like to remind you that there is no such thing as a perfect shoe. People ask me all the time, Matt, what's the best shoe out there? It it doesn't exist. And for each person, it's going to be changing, right? As your goals change, as your body changes, it that that might change. And the other thing you got to realize is that shoes change drastically year to year. One of the things that used to drive me nuts is that I would find a shoe that I really like and then find out it was being changed the next year. And it drives people nuts. But that's something you have to get used to. Companies have to update shoes. They got to keep up on the market. So things are going to constantly change. That means you got to be open to change too. Some break-in is normal. There are certain shoes that are going to feel good the second you put them on because there is actual development taken into making that happen. You do need to break them in a little bit. That's why I really like stores, again, like Running Warehouse, that lets you run them a little bit with a 90-day return policy or other stores that encourage you to go, hey, put these on and go run on the sidewalk and see how this feels. There's also... It's really good if stores can have a 30-day return policy. Why? Because sometimes shoes change as they break in, and that's Okay. Because if you, that's part of the process of figuring out what works for you. So don't feel bad. That's part of what you're supposed to do to get used to this. Could you, would you rather just run in a shoe you hate and that's probably going to make you stop running? Or would you rather go, hey, what works for me? Please remember, this is a process and it takes time just like any form of learning. Now, while there might not be a perfect shoe, there's probably going to be a better category of shoe for you. And that's why hopefully you're working with someone at a local running store that can bring out a couple options within and kind of tailor things to you. Go, hey, you know, we tried on a couple things first. We found out that maybe neutral worked for you or stability didn't work for you or what have you. Here's a couple options in that category. And that can be helpful to go, hey, this category kind of works for me, whatever that is, whether it's max cushion, stability, neutral, all these different terms that I encourage you to look up what they mean and talk with the person at the running store for. But you need to be open to trying things. People often stick themselves in one category and go, I am never trying anything else. 
when I when I worked at running stores, I was always encouraged, and then I encouraged others to go. You know what? I'm going to bring out three shoes. I'm going to bring out two in the category that you like, and I'm just going to bring out a wild card here. Just see what happens. And I was really surprised that sometimes people really like the wild card, and they hadn't thought about that. So be open to trying new things. I'm going to go back to something I mentioned earlier. Things have to break in, but you also need to do the activity that you plan to do in the shoes you're testing. So if you're at the running store and or you get shoes from online, while you're testing them, just standing them is not going to be enough. And I'll go into why standing tests are garbage. You need to actually do the activity you plan to do with these shoes. If you don't, you're really not going to know how they respond. So if you're going to be running in them, you need to go run. If for whatever reason you're using a running shoe for CrossFit or stuff like that or weightlifting, which I really would encourage you not to do because they often don't have the lateral stability necessary for a lot of those movements. But if you are, you should be cutting and trying all those things to make sure this shoe is going to work for you. It's got to be functional. It's got to be if you want to know what it feels like during that activity, you have to do the activity, even if it's in the running store. Okay. When it comes to different categories of shoes, I'm really going to encourage you to stay simple. There are lots of things out there. There are racing shoes. There are trail shoes. There are road shoes. There are, you know, all these different surfaces, track spikes, all this stuff. Unless you are running solely on trails, I'm going to encourage you to get a road shoe, just a simple road shoe, okay? You don't need the massive lugs on the bottom. You don't need a racing shoe with a plate. You need to get just a simple road shoe and get used to running. Because most people are, let's be honest, are going to be running on the road. That's a lot of what we have in the United States. And that's a great place to start. Because when you get into trail shoes, some of these other shoes, there's a lot of other complicated factors. And you think about that, honestly, as a new runner, you're probably, you need some more time to get used to stuff. So stick with the road shoe first. The biggest category that I'm going to encourage you to stay away from as a new runner is going to be carbon plated super foam racing shoes. Because this is what everybody gets really excited about. These are advertised all over the place. This is what gets the most attention. And I totally admit that we at Doctors Are Running, and especially myself, I totally hype these up, right? I've been running for like 12 plus years. I love racing. I love these fast shoes. But the challenge is that running in these takes time. It takes time to get used to just the stresses of running. And when you add something like this that does influence mechanics and is a very aggressive shoe, you are jumping into not only a new activity, but you are also adding a completely new stimulus from a shoe that you're probably not ready for. These shoes are really meant for running faster and for racing. Doesn't mean you can't use them someday, but it does mean that you should avoid these starting out. You need to get used as a new runner just to running. You should not be doing fast workouts. You should not be thinking about tempo runs, threshold runs, like race pace, you should just get used to running. So these shoes are not meant for easy paces. They are designed for faster efforts. Therefore, do not get these to start out with. If you get through just getting used to running and going, you know what? I got through my first race. That was really fun. Now I want to see what it's like to pick up the pace. Sure. When I was in cross country throughout college, our first race of the season, we were never allowed to wear racing shoes ever. We had to wear our trainers, which felt terrible because we're racing people that had trainers, but we also had a much lower risk of injury, right? Our team typically did a little bit better. So when you put these on, they tend to be aggressive and they may increase your injury risk. I have no evidence for that outside of testimonial stuff, seeing this a billion times. Don't do it. 
stick with a training shoe. Why do I say that? It's the same reason that you got to walk before you can run. You got to run before you can race. These are meant for racing and not for daily training. Okay. So as it comes to shoes, I mentioned the run cat, some of the things you should be thinking about, but let's dive into a couple other things you might want to pay attention to, especially as it goes to the upper. This is something that people get missed because a lot of people focus on midsoles and the plates and blah, blah, blah. You got to have the shoe that fits your foot well too, because if your foot's not locked on the platform or squeezing things, there's going to be some problems. So when you put a shoe on, you should think about what does it feel like under your heel, under your toes, and under your arch. Your toes should not be crushed. If they're getting crushed every time you land, by the way, your toes are supposed to spread. If they feel like they're getting crushed, they're not going to feel good. You're going to get blisters and bruising most likely after doing that for a couple miles. If you can think about how many steps it takes running over a certain period, most people are running, you know, 160, 170 steps per minute. If you multiply over that by most people can start out like 20, 30 minutes. That's a lot of steps with smashed toes. So make sure you have enough room. You want to make sure you have enough room, but you don't want to be sliding in there because that's where you definitely are going to be get some um, blisters and things like that. So it's you're looking for a Goldilocks fit. That might not be exactly perfect, but try to shoot for that. When it comes to sizing, I am a men's size 10. Usually, I am also a size 9.5 and, and a size 10.5 and, and a very rare time I've actually been a size 11. You are not your size. When it comes to looking at a size, if someone grabs, if you're working at a ready store and somebody grabs a different size, don't be frightened. It may mean that they know that this shoe fits a half size small. And if you don't want to be wearing shoes that are too small or too large because the way the shoes are designed is they're supposed to pivot and roll off a certain point. If that isn't matching up with your toes, that can cause some issues. And also, if it's too short, you're going to get your toes smashed again. So remember, you are not your size. Companies change the shape every year. They think vary a ton. Don't be married to a shoe size. Be married to how it fits on your foot. And again, I want you to look at, like, it should feel comfortable. That's the key. When it comes to cushioning, I want to really revisit that. More cushioning isn't better. You're going to want to find something that feels good for you. When shoes tend to be too soft, people actually land stiffer. And there's some early evidence that more cushioning is actually not protective. There's some great stuff done by Christine Pollard, who is a wonderful PT PhD up at Oregon State in Bend, where she's got a brand new PT school, which I've heard really good things about. She did some great research and a couple others that showed that when you landed in more maximalist shoes... It actually, the more cushioning wasn't actually protected because people landed harder because they didn't think they needed they needed that same protection from their body. So the ground reaction force and internal joint forces were actually higher in these shoes with more cushioning. So more cushioning isn't better. That being said, less cushioning isn't always better either. If you find the shoe is way too hard or too uncomfortable, that can also increase discomfort and even stress injuries and things like that. Some of the minimalist super barefoot shoes I also don't suggest people start with because you don't have the shock absorbing abilities to handle those kind of shoes. They are more something you should ease into and can take up to six to eight months, if not longer to get used to. If you have been running already, there's a lot more impact with those kind of shoes and there's a high risk of things like Achilles issues, bone stress, stress fractures, stuff like that. It's not to say they're bad. It's just that they're usually not appropriate for a new runner. Your goal is to look for the shoe that fits best, not one that it has the most advertisements, not the one that all the shoe tubers and shoe reviewers are hyping up the most, which we I 
feel like I do sometimes, and I really appreciate it. somebody brought that up on YouTube. They're like, I feel like you guys are hyping up all the carbon-plated shoes. And yeah, they they were totally right. We we get excited about this stuff and need to focus on the main shoes that most people are going to be looking for. That being said, to be fair, at that time we were that's when a bunch of companies all sent us carbon-plated shoes at the same time. So, but that's an excuse. But the most important point is finding a daily training shoe, not a racing shoe. Definitely not a carbon-plated shoe. Definitely not a super minimalist shoe. It's something that feels comfortable to you, that works with your feet, and that can help you get used to the forces and the, the components that come with running. As I mentioned, I was going to talk about a couple warning signs. When you're in a running store, the individual should be asking you questions and helping you along with this journey. They really should be helping you meet your goals. And one of the important questions that I encourage people to ask is, what can I do for you? What are you looking for? And they really should help you with just that. They shouldn't be trying to sell you a billion things. They shouldn't try to be trying to do really fancy stuff on you because a lot of people are going to be put, and these are, I'm going to say this off the bat, are kind of like smokescreen and fancy tools that are not reliable. A lot of people, when you go to running stores, are going to be put on on static foot tests. They're going to have foot scanners. They're going to have the wet paper foot test, which is supposed to tell you what your arch height is. They're going to put you on a treadmill, look at your gait. That stuff is not reliable. The wet paper foot test and static tests have been shown to not be reliable at all or valid because when you're standing in one place, that does not always correlate with how you move. You will frequently see people that have fallen arches that as soon as they start to run, all of a sudden they've got a really stiff arch that bounces really highly. You'll see other people that tend to stand in a neutral foot position and they collapse heavily when they start running. And everything in between. So and we also know that looking at people's arch height is also not a great indicator of what kind of shoe they're going to fit in. That was shown to be not valid years ago. So if they're looking at your arch height and they're trying to tell you you need a certain stability level... That's probably not a great idea, especially if they're doing it with a static test. So again, comfort tends to trump this. There are some people that do tend to benefit from shoes with stability and additional stuff like that. But that is another episode you can look up at uh, with our posterior tibialis uh, tendinopathy uh, talk. And yeah, it's really comfort is going to be the most important here. The other thing, that's a, so that's a warning sign. If they're putting you in that kind of stuff, you should be a little cautious. The other thing I'm going to caution people about is watching people run. So most people working in running stores, and I, this may come off as a little rude, are, are usually people with not a ton of experience and certainly no medical training. Gait analysis is a thing that I work with students of a variety of different med- health professionals for years. It takes years to get uh, really good at it. And oftentimes we found that even just this, your simple eyes are not good enough to catch what's actually happening. So if you've got a high schooler looking at you on the gate now on your treadmill is going, oh, you're doing X, Y, pronation, whatever. This person, I can guarantee you, is not trained in the finer like components of biomechanics to know how your ankle, knee, and hip are interacting. The old method of just looking at your ankle and if it's pronating or supinating is not valid. Comfort is going to be way more important than that. A treadmill analysis is not a bad idea. Not a bad idea to see kind of how you move, how you feel in the shoes, which is actually a much better use of your time for a treadmill analysis rather than what specifically your gait mechanics are doing because the people that are looking at this are really not medical professionals meant to do that, okay? So if you're getting a lot of that stuff and they're telling you all these crazy things about your biomechanics and why you need all this extra stuff, not the best, okay? 
And that goes to my second part. If you are in a place where they're trying to sell you a bunch of extra things, there's a certain running store which is not local and is in a lot of different areas, which I'm not the biggest fan of because I have to treat so many patients that have issues with this practice. If you have a company that's trying to sell you an orthotic for no reason and you just bought a shoe, that's not great. Okay, Like I've said a billion times, unless you have a specific medical condition or you can't afford a shoe right now and you just need something to get you through the, the, a couple weeks or whatever, an orthotic is really not necessary. Okay, If you need stability, you should consider getting a shoe that has that stability in it. That being said, we are going to do an episode in the future about how you can take the insole of a shoe and modify it for different stability needs and different things you can do. Do you always need an extra orthotic for that? No. Orthotics generally benefit people the same way a cast does. If you have an injury and an orthotic might benefit you for a short time, great. Stick an orthotic in there. Try to stay moving as much as you can if it's not something that you shouldn't be running through. Okay. For the most part, though, orthotics and shoes, they're not usually designed to go together. There are a couple shoes that do take orthotics well. So if you're somebody that has a custom-made orthotic that's been made by a medical professional and and really has been helping you, if it hasn't, but if it has, there are a couple shoes that we mentioned before. The Brooks Dyad, the Saucony Echelon are actually shoes that are made to, made to take orthotics. That's something you should be using if you really need orthotic. If you don't, like I said, that's an extra add-on that's usually sold to you to make more money. The number of people that I've seen that have been sold one of the orthotics that actually is pushing them out too far now, and now they're having peroneal issues and muscle issues with the muscle on the side of their foot or different issues because the thing's overcorrecting them, happens all the time. So if they're trying to sell you a bunch of extra gear that sounds like it's not necessary at the moment and you just want to just get a pair of running shoes, that's a red flag, okay? If they use a bunch of jargon that's way above your head that sounds like BS, it probably is, okay? When you have somebody that's really working with you, they should be talking to you in a way that helps you understand what's going on. If they're using fancy language and it seems like they're talking above you, that's that's not a great situation. The other red flag that I really, really encourage people have to do with telling people that they're out of alignment or trying to diagnose their injuries. So first of all, that alignment thing is total BS. Usually when running stores are saying, oh, you look like you're out of alignment. First of all, alignment I could do entire podcast, entire episodes on why that's BS and the evidence is just the same thing. Different people have different postures. Scoliosis is actually normal in over 90% of the population. What I, having worked in a spine center, tell people is that if your spine is completely straight, I get worried because I get worried about people having things like ankylosing spondylitis, which is a horrible thing where your spine actually stiffens and can't bend at all. A little curve is normal. We are asymmetrical creatures. Truly straight alignment is not only not feasible, it creates fear. So if somebody tells you, oh, you're out of alignment, you should go see this person, they're trying to sell you into something and there's probably some backdoor deal going on and that's a big red flag and you should probably get out of there, okay? So if somebody, again, is untrained trying to tell you about alignment, that's probably BS. The other thing is, again, these people that are not trained to do this, trying to tell you about an injury you have, okay? Unless you are a licensed medical professional, you should not be diagnosing people's injuries. It's perfectly fine to go, hey, you know what? You know, you told me you have an Achilles issue. This might help you a little bit. Maybe a rockered shoe, maybe this. That's totally fine. But if they're diagnosing your injury and telling you, this is the exercise you need to do, this is the treatment you need to do, that's that's not okay. And that's actually completely illegal and they shouldn't be doing that. So again, 
when you go to a running store, and I hope that doesn't sound negative. I just want to warn people because these are things that I experience and these are things that I still see. I go into running stores all the time and I'm fortunate that we are not famous enough that people recognize me. Thank goodness. And I kind of listen and I hear things and I go, oh, that's terrible. I would never, ever, ever want that told to one of my patients or myself. And it still happens all the time. So it's not meant to scare people. It's just to go, hey, my job and our hope here on this website is to protect you and help you learn. And it doesn't mean to scare you people away from local running stores because there are far more good ones than there are not good ones. And I, what's really important is that as you go to a running store, it's a great place to form a relationship. It's a great place to start your running career so you can learn, so you can make new friends, so you can get motivated, you can do group runs, you can learn. It's a great place to try things. You know, if you want to go, hey, I just, you know, I heard about this shoe. Can I try it on? Let's see what happens. It's a great place to explore and learn both about what's out there and what's, and yourself. What I wish some medical professionals would do is actually go to the running store and try some stuff on themselves because the biggest thing I hear from medical professionals, especially at a certain location where I work, is that they refer everyone to certain running stores and ask for the Hoka Govoida, which is definitely not appropriate for most people, right? There's a certain population as well. I really encourage people, whether you're a medical professional or new runner, go to a local running store and just spend some time trying stuff on because if you don't, how are you going to know what's out there? So, I know that was a lot of information. That's just me trying to be supportive and educate people. Local running stores are the backbone of where I started. I still am thankful for those who gave me a chance at FitRide Northwest and Foot Traffic and the many local running stores in Southern California. Um, you know, Run Republic is really awesome. Snail's Pace down the street um, are really, really great stores that I trust and they, I've seen them do great things. And I really hope that people take the time to go go there because it will really help you learn some things. If you don't have the option to go to a local running store, the other stuff you can do is some of these great online places like Running Warehouse, some of these other ones that don't put pressure on you that you have to buy this stuff and give you options to buy, try a couple things and send it back. Please take the time, if you can, to try a couple things. Because like I said, there's no perfect shoe, and this is all about you learning yourself. And there's better things you can focus on than things like the color, which... Andrew would tell me that actually does impact performance, but don't worry about that right now. Uh, but really what you need is starting out as starting out as a runner is keeping things simple. Is the shoe comfortable? Is it a shoe that you're going to want to wear? Because if you don't want to wear it, you're not going to run. So if you is comfortable, it does feel protective to you and whatever that means to you, lace it on, don't overthink this stuff and just go enjoy running. I am going to encourage you again to think about taking your time. It's take your time with getting to know the running shoes. Take your time to get used to running because our bodies take time. They take time to adapt. And if you give them that time, there's nothing you can't do. So I hope that episode was helpful. What would really help us is if you would leave a review on whatever platform that you're listening to this on, Spotify, all these different places, or if you leave a review, it really, really helps us. There's also a really great place to stay in contact with us. So I am trying to get better at responding to the YouTube comments. Bach has really been helping with that. But there's lots of different places to find out what we're doing. So as always, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. There's a lot of different YouTube here on the podcast and on our actual website. We're very excited to start doing more of this, more of these guides to help people. Because while we get a lot of running shoes, it's also important that we try to kind of get over the the basics of the shoe and talk about running and talk about helping people because that, as I mentioned, is the foundation of this website. And we really hope this is helpful. If you have any ideas, always feel free to leave a comment. If you have 
you know, requests. We will do our best to get to them. If you do leave us an email, please remember it takes us a little bit. I am a PhD candidate. I am a full-time professor. I run 70, 80 miles a week and do doctors running on the side and still treat people. So we will get to you because we are trying to help you out. But just know that this is not our primary thing. And we do this because we love it, not because it pays heavily. But we still get for shoes, which is great. And hopefully we can, with the time to get through that, we can share stuff with you. We hope you enjoy this. Hope it was helpful. And hope you enjoy your next run.